The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. And welcome back to the First Cup Podcast with Kyle Porter. That's Kyle Porter. I'm Chip Patterson. And as we sit here, it is Thursday morning, uh, 8.40 a.m. over at Riviera Country Club in the Palisades. And it is a, it's a stormy Thursday out in Southern California. And I play is suspended at the moment, so we're sitting here killing time. We've got a lot to get to. We're going to sort of preview uh, a little bit of what we're looking for from the weekend and from some of the top golfers. We've got to get back into the never-ending saga of Matt Kuchar and his tipping. Uh, Kyle, I guess, do you, do you want to start with Cooch? Because I, I also have sort of just a general actual golf question uh, that I wanted to throw at you to kick things off. But if, if Kuchar's hot on your mind right now, we can dig right in. Yeah, let's go, Cooch. I, I just uh, finished up a blog post on it. I've written like four. I've written more blog posts on Sergio Garcia and Matt Kuchar than I have, I think, on like Rory, Spieth, JT, and Dustin Johnson combined this year. Well, that was the joke, right? The idea that the the biggest on course controversies have been about a golf ball ruling after it goes in the water and <laughs> discussing the phases of the moon and sunlight between Paul Casey and Phil Mickelson and the biggest <laughs> and the biggest uh, controversies have been Sergio Garcia tearing up greens in Saudi Arabia and uh, and now Matt Kuchar's tipping after his win so w- what is the latest that has brought out uh that, that has brought out another round of the takes. So Matt Kuchar, so basically Michael Bamberger got the caddy and he got Matt Kuchar to talk. So he talked to both of them this week and he wrote a couple of really good uh, pieces for golf.com that people should go check out. Bamberger is the goat. He's the best. Um, and the whole thing. So first of all, we, we didn't talk about the caddy story, did we? Cause we, that came out after. Uh, we did. Did we? Yeah, because I, cause I, I felt like I started at a position of um, I've been playing golf for my entire life. I don't, I don't play every single day, and I'm not good enough to like take my game to the, a lot of the A plus courses. When, when I get a chance to to play at Pinehurst, I'm like, no thanks. Number four is just fine for me. Like I, I have never played a round of. I played many, many rounds of golf. I've never played with a caddy, and I wonder if. From my personal experience, I wonder if the caddy golfer uh, payment scenario and the idea of tipping a caddy is unrelatable to a lot of golf fans, golfers, and it's just and if there is another world beyond, oh no, it's just like uh, tipping food service, then I, I would not be cognizant of it. Well, yeah, I, I think the. I think a point that a lot of people outside of golf, like if you if you if you don't exist in the golf world, and you have a take on this, 
and you're like, oh, well, so the story came out that basically they agreed to this amount before $3,000 before the event. And, right. and Kutcher, Kutcher told Bamberger, he said, uh, where's the number here? He said, um, 3,000, if he, uh, t- excuse me, 1,000. So he said him and the caddy L2 can agree that, that Kutcher would pay him a thousand if he missed the cut. So just a thousand bottom line, 2000, if he made the cut 3000, if he had a top 20 and 4000, uh, if he had a top 10 and he ended up giving him 5,000. And, and I think some people outside of the golf world are like, Oh, well they agreed to that. And you know, that's, that's totally fine. But the way I explained it to my wife, it's not it, like if I go to Wingfoot and play golf, which I did, I, I would never like it, it. It's just it's horrendous decorum to give the caddy like five dollars, which is essentially what this amounts to in PGA Tour terms, especially in Kutcher's world. He made a, he made one point three million dollars. He's made a, a, almost fifty million dollars on the course, and he gives this guy five grand for winning. And I, I think people just outside the golf world don't understand the unwritten rule of like how bad this is. And I think that's that's one part that's kind of getting lost on everybody is it's not it's not about the agreement. It's about and this is what I tweeted out. And I think this is kind of the crux of my issue. I said the the Kutcher story is not about him being a bad guy. It's about how outrageous wealth can erase the self-awareness necessary to understand exactly how patronizing relative generosity actually is. And, And so. What Kutcher said in the story was like, hey, this guy makes $200 a day, so $5,000 is a great week for him. And, and you're sort of propping up his status as a, as, a, as a working person, like how much money he makes, how, how rich or poor he is to justify how much money you paid him. And that's just, that's just not good. Like yeah. that's, just, that's, just, that's just justifying doing what you are basically admitting is kind of the wrong thing. So and, and, and treat and you're, you're sort of just treating him as a lesser person than you would somebody else because of how much money he has. That's not that's not good. Like no. that's not a good thing to do. And so that's sort of where I land on all this. Do you all right? So the, how how much do you do you tie back to Matt Kuchar right now? Because it has become uh, it, it the story has taken on a life of its own. And uh, I saw the. Um, I saw another writer suggest that uh, you don't know how hard it is to be Matt Kuchar. People are always coming out with their hands out. At least sometimes you have to stop saying no. Like, like it is, it is turned. I, I said to, uh, I said to Tom Fernelli cause he was uh, talking about it. Uh, we were just G chatting about it. And he said, uh, I said, this is like the, the players should be paid of the golf world. Like people are just <laughs> taking stances and it's just like expanded to you have no connection to the story. You have even like a, a, a tangential connection to the world, but yet you have a very firm stance on what the correct action should or should not have been in this scenario. Yeah. I mean, I, I get it. I get the side of things that, that you're like, okay, everybody wants to get paid and whatever, but that doesn't, <laughs> this to me is is different than that. It's not like this guy is like, hey, I I I don't know. It's just it's just the the way that golf and golf tournaments work at that level. Like it, it I I don't know. I I don't know. How, I I can't think of a great way to explain it other 
than that, it's not as if this caddy is coming to him like weekly and saying, oh, you know, going back to the well. It's like, hey, this is the way that things work with a, um, you know, even a fill-in caddy when you win a big-time golf tournament like that. I mean, Brendan Porath and I were discussing it via text, and or I, he might have tweeted this actually, like talking about how even if you're caddying in a club championship for like these executives who certainly don't make the kind of money that, uh, that Matt Kuchar makes, like you, if they win, you expect like, and, and, and the unwritten rules that you get a, you get a nice tip. Like you just, you get a, a good tip based on the fact that they won and you caddied like that's just, it's just how things work. And Kuchar knows that. And he's admitting that he knows that. And he's basically just saying, well, because this guy doesn't make very much money, I lowered what the standard is for, for paying him. And and I kind of feel bad for him in a way because he clearly doesn't understand. Like he is, he lives in such a bubble that he doesn't – and he said, I don't understand why everybody's so emotional and upset about the whole thing. And like he doesn't get like how patronizing it is to say, well, this guy's poor, so I'm going to give him less money than I would give like a, a normal caddy who maybe, ha- maybe makes more money to begin with. Mm. Okay, so does this uh... – does this change? Oh man, crap! I've I've got to figure out another word to to use ex- except for the L word because that's just a little bit too morning show sports radio. Um, does does this change Matt Kuchar's story? When when Matt when we think about Matt Kuchar, um, does does this become one of the top three talking points that come up among golf fans? What was the L word? Legacy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah no i'm i think i'm off that i think I, I think that legacy is canceled i th- i think that the the tom brady tom brady winning the super bowl and the uh the the because then it was like the legacy expanded to is he better than jordan and that's when i was like all right canceled we're out yeah i'm done right. we're gone we're gone you gotta, Not sit, doing one, you gotta sit one step ahead of these things yeah no nah, i'm like, over it you gotta be one step ahead of the hosung thing you know all these all these things that go mainstream. Um, does it change the way that people talk about Kuchar? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I think it's so it's such a unique story that, I mean, it, it's really kind of a unique situation, right? Like how yes. often, how often do pros have fill-in caddies? Not very often. How often do they win with fill-in caddies who who are not like? It's not like he had Martin Keimer's caddy for the week. Right, right, right. It wasn't another uh, friend of a friend. It wasn't somebody else who's on the regular tour. It was straight up local caddy. Yeah. Which, it, I mean, think about the, like, what if, like, I, th- I think we're thinking about this in terms of that the tournament was in Mexico. Like, I think that context matters. Like, what if this was, so so local caddies used to be used at, a lot of events like at Augusta, like they had local caddies and you would use one for the masters, right? Like what if this had happened at the masters? I, I just, I, I think, I think people would think about it a lot differently and the, and the contextualization there would, would really matter because I think people would be a lot more like they would see it in a much different light because it's easy to say, Oh, well the tournament's in Mexico and this guy lives in Mexico and just whatever happens down there happens. Right. And it doesn't change the fact that there was a $5 million purse or whatever the purse was, $6 million, I, I don't know what it was. And that Kuchar won over a million dollars and he barely get, he didn't even give this guy half of a percent of his winnings. And it's just, I, I think that context of it 
matters. But back to your original question, yeah, I think this is part of of Kuchar's, like I think when we think about him in 15 or 20 years, I think this is part of the story. I, I really do. Yeah. And I, I don't think that, that it's that he's a bad guy. I really don't. I, I've seen a, some like commentary that people are like, oh, well, he's just, he's the worst. Like he's the worst guy. He's so mean. I don't think he did this out of like spite or like greed or anything like that. I think he like just genuinely doesn't understand like the, the, how patronizing it is. I do love when Kuchar is defending himself as like a good locker room guy and people, someone likes, he said, uh, he said, yeah, when, when I'm coming in, people are like, Hey, there's Matt. Uh, I mean, I'm no Phil, but <laughs> <laughs> like, like him, him position that Matt Kuchar's view of the world of like the most popular guy. Wait, or was that the least popular guy? Was the Phil comment positive or negative? Oh no, it was it was positive. Phil yeah. famously just is an ATM. Oh, just tipping every anybody like anybody who yeah. who like yeah. cleans a wedge. Here you like go. There, there there was a story a couple of years ago about I can't remember where it was written. I wish I could. Whenever Phil won the Masters, the uh, the guys in the regular locker room because when you win the Masters, you move on to the champions locker room, right? Okay. And, uh, so whenever he won the, his first masters, he goes on to the champions locker room and the, the, the guys who work in the regular locker room were like weeping because he wouldn't, <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't, he would never see them again and he wouldn't be able to tip them and whatever. So yeah, he, he's kind of famously, uh, big tipper and just kind of throws money around. It's very, very Phil of him. <laughs> that's, that's somebody who really does gamble a lot. Because it's like, what are these? Just tokens? It all comes around. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, all right. We'll get into some of our, our thoughts on the big dogs for this weekend at Palisades, including the big cat, right after this. It's a really fine line creating workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym. And Viore has threaded that needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance jogger because I, I like the jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, they've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky as, as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there. And I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now here's what you can do for four, our listeners, uh, first time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out. Viori.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. 
four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash Business Gold Card. Um, so the the big question that I wanted to throw at you, which, you know, has, uh, has probably Tiger as a launching point, but also includes all the big stars. So before we sort of go into... Uh, player by player expectations. As again, we are still sitting here, play suspended. Who knows if Tiger Woods is even going to play today, right? Yeah, might not. Yeah, yeah. It this tournament's always pretty tight to begin with in terms of Thursday, Friday finishes and and darkness. Um, so I, even if he does play, I don't. I, don't, I think we're at the point where he's not definitely not going to finish. Yeah. Um. So when it comes to this tournament. And the the rest of February into March. And by the way, don't forget, we do have the players uh, also coming up in March with the new readjusted schedule in 2019. Did you see what Phil said about the players? He said it's not a must play for me. <laughs> it's incredible. He's amazing. He's on fire right now. I'm not going to stop him. You know, who am I? Who, who, who am I to I got, keep Lefty from shining right now? I got some messages talking about how it's like, because the the PJ Tour is clearly at this point positioning the players as like alongside the other majors, right? And the fact that it's moving like gives them kind of the leeway to do so. And so I got some messages from people that were like, "This is this is an amazing Phil troll of like just the just just people high up at the PGA Tour," and he's just like, "Yeah, I'm." I'm not here for that. Just whatever. Like, I'm just going to say this and I don't really care. Um, he, would ne- he would never, he would never troll like the Augusta or, you know, some, some like the RNA or someplace like that. But PGA tour USGA it's open season, open season, no doubt. Uh, how much of watching these stars play in the tournaments leading up to Augusta? How much of it do you think from even the player's standpoint, are they, they are thinking like, yeah, of course I'd love to win this tournament, but it's also a little bit about getting your game in major championship form and specifically in the championship form that you need to win at Augusta. Like at, at what point does, does it really feel like a run up? I, you know, you've, you've got a closer relationship to the players. And so we, especially we because of our interest in the masters, like we are always going to be pointing things towards the masters. I mean, here on the podcast, we're probably going to have like a three or four part masters preview. Like there's there, we, you write basically a whole street and Smith's Athlon sports style masters preview in digital (laughs) form for cbsports.com. Like we continue to push everything towards Augusta, but I even started to say like, man, I, I wonder if here in mid February, and as we get to uh, some of the bigger tournaments that are coming up in March as well, like at what point does it really start to click for, uh, you know, your Dustin Johnson, Jordan Spieth, Rory McIlroy, Tiger Woods? Like at what point are they, does, the, does, their mind, does their mindset and their focus shift away from the individual tournament into the bigger picture with Augusta in mind? I think it's probably in March. I don't. I don't think they're there yet. Although I, I will say, I, I, like I, th- I think that, I think that there's like ten or fifteen guys that go into events like this <clears throat> at Riviera thinking differently than everybody else. Like, if if Rory 
wins Riviera, he's like, okay, cool. You know, that's great. Like Riviera is a, probably the best and most classic course that, that the PGA Tour goes to. And like, it's, that's great. But I think it matters more that he's feeling good for the masters. Right. Whereas if, if like Gary Woodland r- wins Riviera, that's a big deal. Like that's a big deal to Gary Woodland. And so like, even though there's only 10 or 15 like world ranking spots separating those two, the way they think about events like that, I, I think is, is much different. So this, this, this becomes for, uh, those t- 10 to 15 golfers that matter as much as, uh, like getting in really good preseason snaps, maybe is that the right or, or the non-conference games leading into conference schedule? Yeah, I think it's like I think it's like Duke playing Michigan State mm. in like MSG. Yes, 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 yes. The Champions Classic or the CBS yeah, Sports Classic like, or whatever else like, it's okay, going to be. This is this is a big deal, but it's not the big deal. Right. You know? Very interesting. All right, what about Tiger? This is not a place. Uh, it is the place he's played the most amount of times without winning. Yep. Um, uh, I don't. I just. It, it's interesting, right? Because he is the greatest ever or the second greatest, whatever. We don't need to get into that debate. No, I mean, I think you and I are both on, he's the greatest ever. Yeah. And, and this is, that can be the stance of the first cut podcast. Come at us. (laughs) And this is a course that, um, supposedly like produces great champions. Like it's an, it's an amazing course. It's the, it's the best course that it's the best non, major champ like it's the best course that the pga tour goes to so that doesn't include obviously augusta or the u.s open venues or whatever and the fact that he he hasn't had success there but he has at a place like firestone which is not a great course it's just a it's basically just 18 driving ranges back and forth doesn't he have like 17 firestone titles <laughs> yeah well, he's got <laughs> like eight yeah stupid and uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what that's like. It, it's weird to me because Tiger is one of the great shot makers and one of the great ball strikers ever. And so you, you would think that he would have had more success at a place like, like Riviera than, than at a place like Bridgestone, which is basically just like a Jason day track where you just bludgeon the ball and make putts. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and you can even hear it in his voice. And when these guys talk about courses like this, Tiger's like, ah, oh, this was such a great course. I don't, I don't really understand. Like, I don't get it. And it, it, it's almost, it's almost, it's funny to listen to because it's almost perplexing to him. Right. But I, I mean, I've said this all week on HQ. I think, I think making the cut for Tiger this week is a, is a win. Like that's, that's the goal. Let's just make the cut. He missed it last year. You make the cut. You play the weekend at Riviera. Get ready for Mexico next week, and and then kind of move on after that. So, yeah, I, I don't. I certainly don't expect him to win. I think it would be stunning if he did. Um, but yeah, it, I think it's. I think the big story for me is that it's odd that he hasn't played well there. And he had he recently committed to Mexico this week. Yeah, yeah, committed to Mexico, which I think makes Florida interesting because after Mexico's Honda. Uh, wait, let me let me make sure I get this right. What's the What's the schedule here? I think it goes Honda and then Is Honda the one at Palm Beach? Yeah, which is Jupe Life. That's that's the home home game for him. But is that so is get, is that when we fade Jupe Life? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Like for uh, for the Honda we got to go with somebody who's uh 
who's not part of that squad. Yeah, like when when Padraig Harrington wanted a couple years ago. <laughs> Over uh, who's that? Burger. Who is he? He lives the Jupe life, I think. Mm. Um, okay, so Genesis. Then we go Mexico. Yeah, we go Mexico, and then we go Honda, and Bay then Arnold Hill. Palmer. Yeah. So he'll he'll play Bay Hill, and then the players. I mean, I think Tiger's not going to play Honda. Right. If he's, he's playing, not, if he if he did, to do Mexico, um, Honda, Bay Hill into players, no way. Yeah, it's such an interesting stretch because. But then you do have a lot of dead time because then you've got match play, Texas Open, Valspar. Yeah, and it it's so condensed. I mean, this is the unintended consequence of this condensed schedule, right? Is that you're going to squeeze out some of these these tournaments like Honda's Honda has traditionally been a, a really good event. JT uh, Rory's at tiger almost always plays. And all of a sudden you've put them in a, a really bad spot because on, on either side you've got Riviera and a WGC. And then on the other side you got Bay Hill and the players. So I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see which guys, choose to play honda and which guys choose to play bay hill leading up to the players but then after that valspar is in a crappy spot too like nobody's going to play there the week after the players because you've got a wgc right after that it's it's tough texas opens in a bad spot and so this is this is the unintended consequence of of making what i i mean i like it i like the more condensed schedule but it leads to um greater variance i think between your field strengths I don't think I'm ever until until it gets renamed. I don't think that I'm going to forget about the Valspar Invitational at Innsbruck and how hard America was rooting against Paul Casey. <laughs> ever <laughs> for the rest of my for the rest of my existence as a golf fan, I, th- I think that I'm going to remember that one of the one one of the least offensive players on the PGA Tour. Was just just had all of America rooting against him. It, and that's why Tiger played that tournament last year because he missed the cut at Riviera. And they and had pre, and, and they had paint, pre-masters reps, paint cans as tee markers. It's great. It's like the it's like the John Deere tractors. Right, 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 exactly. Um, all right, we've the fields loaded. DJ uh, Bubba Watson, who has played well at this course. Uh, Jordan Spieth, Rory McIlroy, Rory McIlroy's first time. At this course, second, second, second time. time. Um, yeah. All right, so from from the big stars, who are we excited about? Well, I picked JT. Uh, he finished top ten last year. Uh, in the same way that he's trended well at Augusta, he's kind of trended well here. Like he's steadily improved over the years. I'm gonna be a dumb pick because DJ's finished top twenty uh, like the last five years and top five for the last five years. So he's probably going to play really well, but uh, I think he was my top 10. I, I, I'm interested. I, I had a buddy in town yesterday. We played some golf, and he was talk, he's doing this, um, this one-and-done league where, I mean, obviously you know what a one-and-done is, but it just started this week at Riviera, which is kind of intriguing. And I was trying to talk him into picking Adam Hadwin for his, for his, for his choice this week just because it's so off the board that that uh, I think Hadwin's finished like top 25 each of the last four years or something. So Hadwin's my sleeper this week. He's like 50 to one. 
But you almost like because there are so many stars, it's almost I mean, James Hahn won this a couple years ago. Right. You've had some you've had some weird, like interesting winners here. And uh so I don't know. It, it's always obviously the course is amazing. Uh it's always an interesting week and uh I would be I'm always surprised if a superstar doesn't win at Riviera because of how many there are in the field. Um, but, but at the same time, I, you get a lot of non-superstar winners. Yeah, you get you get the James Hans and somebody else. I can't remember. Somebody else won it recently that was kind of eye-opening. But uh, yeah, should be fun. I've told you before, uh, your the expert picks that you put on CBSSports.com have been known to sway one-and-done leagues. <laughs> I'm not in a one and done league. My my personal fantasy league is uh, major championships only, and uh, but I've I've got a lot of friends that are in one and done leagues, and, and and they say that like when when all of a sudden the tournament starts and the picks go live, if you followed Kyle Porter's sleeper, you all of a sudden find out that so did sixty percent of the rest of the pool. <laughs> Oh man, uh, that's great! Uh, in 2013, this is what I was thinking of. John Merrick beat Charlie Belgian in a playoff at Riviera. See, all right. So my theory, based on the way things have already started, is it's just going to be it is going to be one of those golf tournaments where ultimately the winner is probably greatly impacted by having some favorable tee times. Yeah, for sure. The top, the top ten that year was John Merrick, Charlie Belgian, Bill Haas, Freddie, Freddie Jacobson, uh, Charles Schwartzel, Webb, Josh Teeter, Sang Moon, Hunter Mahan, Greg Chalmers, Ted Potter, Adam Scott. That was your top ten in 2013. Teddy P. Yeah, the wizard. <laughs> the, the Wiz just dropping a, a 60, 69 on Sunday to to backdoor top ten. Very nice. So he was the. Because he, he was like a, a Florida tour legend, right? Yeah, mini tour legend. So he had, he had gotten up in 2013 to at least get Riv invites and yeah. then uh, resurface again a couple years later. Yeah. Love it. Uh, he is Kyle Porter. You can follow him on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Um, we hope that we're going to get it all in by the end of the weekend maybe it will be another monday finish who knows but uh we'll be back at you with the recap whenever all the action is done kyle thank you very much thanks chip